when I moved to Italy in the year 2000, uh, before we started college, we had to do a kind of a, a crash course in Italian. We'd already learned Italian more or less in the house, but um, it was no harm to get a, a, a couple of lessons in actual actual Italian grammar as well. So we went along to this course, and it was great. Um, and there was a lady giving the course uh, from Rome, uh, uh, an attractive youngish lady, well, she was older than us, but I don't know what she was, mid-30s or something. And um, so she was teaching us, you know, not only how to speak Italian, but how to speak Roman, which is a lot more fun, and, uh, uh, and that. And then we came across this, this phenomenon, which she explained in detail, about um, cats in Rome. Because there's an expression, if you say, no one came to, in, 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 we'd say in English, no one came to it. In Italian, you'd say, there was no one but four cats. That's, that's how, that, you know, <laughs> that's how you say it, okay? So it's uh, solo quattro gatti, is how you say it. There, there, there were four cats there, means, means, means there was no one there, okay? And I, we said, cats, what, where, why? And she went on to explain, uh, in part anyway, what, where she thinks that the, that the expression came from, in part. I mean, there's probably more to it, but, uh, and it was this rather sad um, explanation where, very often, uh, due to a host of reasons, which we'll look into briefly, uh, a lot of women would end up not getting married in Rome. And in order to have something there, they'd get cats, because dogs are too big and awkward and messy, uh, cats are compact. Uh, and so there's just an awful lot of cats around, right? And um, and that, that really, that just really struck me as so, so sad, so sad. And it's, what's been interesting is, is that since then, I suppose I've just been kind of uh, made aware of, 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 of that, like that, of that possibility that someone might get an animal in substitute of, of a person. And then like working or walking with young people as well, you, you, you see that as well, where sometimes people are really, really attached to their dog or their cat or their goldfish, whatever it may be. Well, usually a dog or a cat. Usually a dog, because cats are from Satan. And so, it's usually, usually a dog. And, it's, and it is, and I get it, because you come home from a day's college or a day's work, the dog is always happy to see you. Always. Always. They're just like the tail wags and the little smile, little face. And even, don't want to be kind of letting the cat out of the bag or anything, but like, First thing in the morning, my alarm goes off. My little pooch walks over from the far side of my house, walks over, and just sits there, waiting for his morning rub. Then I give him about three or four seconds, and then he just walks away again. <laughs> walks off and waits at the door to be let out. Uh, but every morning, just he's glad to see me. <laughs> every morning. So I get it, but uh, it's, it's just really sad when that can become a substitute, a substitute for human love. Because then we're going, we're, we're, now we're shifting the, the order of things, we're shifting the priorities here, we're shifting, well, so, something has broken, if we're completely honest, I think something has broken in our hearts. And this, this, this could be a huge topic altogether, we haven't time to go into it in, in detail, but like, there are some issues here <laughs> that need to be looked at. And, and I do this all in the context of, of, of this Advent season, where you have Saint Joseph, if you will, the, the least qualified of the Holy Family, who's leading the Holy Family. And he's guiding Our Lady, who is preserved from all stain of original sin and who is carrying God. 
and here you have, a, if you will, a mere mortal, a mere, a mere saint in comparison to the Immaculate Conception and God, uh, a saint, but, you get it, uh, leading the Holy Family. And uh, there are a real, a uh, huge problem that has crept into our society in the last couple of decades is the lack of good, trustworthy men. This is, a, this is a huge problem. This is an enormous problem. Because for decades now, uh, I often meet young women who would be very eligible to be wonderful wives and moms, and um, they're scared of being alone, terrified of being forgotten. And so then choose, maybe, to settle for less. So rather than waiting for a, a good, waiting for a Saint Joseph, waiting for a guy who will honour them and love them, protect them, take care of them, treasure them, reverence them, respect them, they'll settle for less. Because what are you going to do? Or you end up alone and get a load of cats. That's that's kind of the understanding. So we, we have, like, if you will, a, a real, a, a profound problem in our society. It's not just Ireland, like, but. We have a profound problem here of, of men, of, well, boys who never learn to grow up and boys who still in their, in their 25th, 26th year are still fascinated by their new phone and their new soft tracksuit because it just, you know, it's comfortable, makes me feel kind of, you know, safe and protected. It's kind of, you know, I'd wear my pajamas, but my mammy gave out to me. Yeah, you're 26. Would you grow up? You know, like men who are responsible, okay, so they know how to take care of themselves. Because if they can't take care of themselves, they can't take care of a family. If they can't provide for themselves, they will never provide for a family. If they're not responsible with 300 euro a week, they will never be responsible with 2,000 euro a week. So, and there's a chronic problem, a really chronic problem of man babies. We've spoken about this before, but, you know, just they're men no they're babies in in a five foot eleven body and it's just ridiculous and then so i get it i i do understand why women then find it hard to to trust men because why would you give your heart to someone who quite clearly has no ability to to take responsibility for themselves so it's the slightly larger picture in this is that is an absolutely diabolical plan to destroy the family too because it's not, this isn't vanity or it isn't, it isn't about power or anything, <clears throat> but the father's supposed to protect the family. The father's supposed to protect the family. He's supposed to lead the family. But that, again, that's not like, like that women are inferior or anything. Sure, women are the heart of the family. They, 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 would make, they would make the family a home, you know, a warm, welcoming place to be. Is that, is that an inferior vocation? Not at all. But, but men are supposed to lead the family to God. That shouldn't be delegated out to the women. Or the women will do the, they'll do the prayer stuff. Or I'll do the dig and spud stuff. No, no, no. Men are supposed to also lead their family to God. And we have a real problem in society at the moment if that's not the case. Now, what's interesting then is, um, as I say, that's a diabolical plan. <clears throat> but it also goes a little further. Because that understanding or lack of trust of men then generally gets projected onto God. So if men won't stay around, and if I can't trust them, I can't really trust God either. Ultimately, you're kind of on your own. So you kind of have to make, to make the best of what you have. 
<clears throat> and if what you have isn't great, well, good. Do what you can. Because you're on your own. And there's, you know, it's, 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 this, is, this, is, this is just a real problem. It's a real problem out there. Really, people feel they're on their own, regardless of how much social media they have. Ultimately, <clears throat> when the batteries die and the internet's disconnected, they feel so alone. So, that's fairly negative so far, so better dig us out of this one. Um, oh yeah, the reading. So, the reading. It's difficult. It is difficult for us. It is difficult for us to really give God the place of love that he deserves in our hearts. So, like that, that God will be my everything. That is difficult because we, you know, we like having friends and consolation and people to listen and people to hang out with and, you know, for yourselves who are called to marriage, like having someone beside you who loves you and so on and so forth. <clears throat> we, there's a, a human partner that, 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 that needs that and wants that and there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's healthy, it's normal, it's human. Okay. It's difficult for us and yet necessary for us to recognize how God can, will, and does fulfill every desire. So, like, we can invite God into all of these, these places and wounds of, in, in our lives while also continuing to pray, by the way. This is kind of, a, kind of a side point. That we all continue to pray for your future St. Joseph's, whoever they are, wherever they are. Pray for them. Pray for them. They're out there somewhere. There aren't as many as there used to be, but there are good men out there. We have a, a plan for a bit of men's ministry here in the future, but we'll reveal that when we have more information. Because uh, men need to, well, boys need to learn how to be men. So, but it's difficult for us to believe or to understand or to really kind of to live this, this fulfillment that God can give us, that God will give us. And that God, for example, in religious life, priests and religious take a vow of, of celibacy, to show, to, if you will, prefigure heaven. To prefigure heaven. So I don't get married, don't have kids, to show that in heaven, that's what we do. In heaven, we don't get married, we don't have kids, but we're perfectly happy. So this, this reality that we live down here is allowing God to be my everything. And that we're, by doing that, we're prefiguring heaven, showing that <clears throat> kids and family or sexual intimacy, those kind of things, they're not the maximum expression of love. They're not. For the mountains may depart, and the hills may be shaken, but my love for you will never leave you, and my covenant of peace with you will never be shaken. It is the Lord who takes pity on you. They were the last words of our reading from the prophet Isaiah. So do we believe that? Do, do I believe that the Lord can give me everything I need? Do I believe that his love for me is faithful? It's undying. It is eternal. Because if I hold on to that, then I've got a good foundation. <clears throat> now, based on that foundation, now I'm not going into a relationship needy. Because if, if I'm going into a relationship grappling on to someone, you know, I need you to complete me. That's a, that's a dangerous foundation for, for any sort of a relationship because then you go in, you go in dependent and then as soon as the other person 
isn't as perfect as you thought, everything crumbles. Whereas if you go into a relationship kind of whole, with a, like solid, well, I went into a relationship solid, that's a stupid word, going into a relationship uh, healthy, balanced. Now, I'm not leaning on, on a person. I, I walk with them, but I'm not such, like, I'm not, I don't collapse without them. That's, that's a much better foundation for, for a marriage, for a relationship. So it starts with, with our having a healthy relationship with God and being healed and healthy and complete and whole. And then into that, then I enter into a relationship, and now I'm actually able to give myself in a relationship because I've got something to give, as opposed to going into a relationship because I need you. I've got something to give. I'm able to give of myself now. But this, this takes a lot of faith on our part to, to walk with the Lord first, to put the Lord first in our lives, and to really believe his promises. So this Easter season, this Advent season, preparation for Christmas, is, it's, you know, it's serious. Like this, is, this is real adult stuff where we're learning to heal, we're learning to walk, with the Lord, we're learning to have relationships. We're learning to not, if you will, apply or project the bad relationships we've had with, with people here, with men here, onto God. But to see him as a loving father whose love is undying, whose love is faithful. And so we listen again to the last words of our reading today from the prophet Isaiah and allow God, our loving father, to speak these words into your heart. For the mountains may depart, the hills may be shaken, but my love for you will never leave you, and my covenant of peace with you will never be shaken, says the Lord who takes pity on you.